What's up, Hogland Nation? You know we gotta tell you about Mr. T's Tuxedos. Do you or someone you know have a wedding, formal, prom, or big event coming up soon? Well, lucky for you, we have you covered. Mr. T's Tuxedos has the best suits and tuxedos in the area and will have you looking your best for your big day. With their main store located in Minersville, PA, they also offer fitting services located in Center City, Philly, as well as on-site fittings at your preferred location. Make sure to mention that Hogline sent you when you visit in-store or reach out with an inquiry. To take a look at their catalog and for more information on all that Mr. T's Tuxedos has to offer, visit MrT'sTux.com. That's M-R-T-S-T-U-X.com. And remember, you only have one shot at looking your best. Be sure to take it with Mr. T's Tuxedos. Hogline Nation. It's Mitchell, Jack, and Trev. How you doing, folks? Oh, what a day. I just, I just, I just, I, I decided to uh, maybe switch it up a little bit. I like that. Yeah, I don't know. Just to keep you guys in your toes. I mean, yeah. it felt very unnatural. So I'm I may never, shy. I may, I may never do that again. <laughs> um, but we'll see how it goes. Hello, Hogline Nation. Welcome back. Uh, you're listening to the 213th episode of the podcast. We're back. We are uh, through Thanksgiving, feels pretty surreal, and we're moving into December football, which is, uh, feels kind of scary, makes me nervous, because that means it's ending for sooner than it was previously, so I don't like that. Um, but welcome back, folks. Yeah, we have a, a good standard episode for you today. Uh, of course, we're going to talk about Kenny Pickett and the Steelers' victory. On Monday night against the Colts, uh, Shref. Oh God, yeah, Shref has a. We have a lot to talk about with Shref about his unfortunate yeah. luck oh, when yeah. it comes to lock of the week or sports sports book donation of the week, as well as his just betting, um, just parlay endeavors. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, yeah we'll right. get to that as well. I don't know when exactly, but we will. Uh, Eagles. I did miss. Most of the game, um, because I was in the air for the first half and then driving back. I uh, I was driving, but I listened to the first quarter and watched the rest. So hey, that's what I'm doing, uh, boys. I watched right. So hey, segue into it, Shreff. Oh. Tell us about the Eagles this week. What is your word? My word. Uh, this one. This one's pretty self-explanatory. The word of the day is run run um eagles offense against the colts looked a little little iffy um you know just didn't seem to be like quite in sync like they were in weeks prior uh the play calling wasn't as uh genius as it had been the weeks prior so i was hoping for a bounce back on the offensive side of the ball and i i would say that 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 they did that um we'll start off with uh i knew the packers had a bad run defense i knew that did not know that they were 300 yards rushing at rush defense, but they were. They were really bad. Um, and a lot of it was pretty much just a two man wrecking crew with Jalen Hurts with 157 rushing yards and then Miles Sanders 
with 143 rushing yards. Um, and it like, we'll talk about the pass game, but like, it was one of those games where like, obviously I would have loved to see Jalen throw the ball a little bit more, but the run just never stopped working. They they kept running the ball and the Packers kept letting them run the ball. So at that point, there's not really a point in passing, but they did still throw it a little. Hurt 16 of 28, 153 yards, two touchdowns. Um, a lot of quick stuff in terms of the throwing, but uh, obviously the one uh, throw at the end of the half to Quez Watkins, probably one of the better throws I've seen him make this year. Um, I also just love, uh, Jack, you said you were watching after the first quarter. I very much enjoyed that route that Watkins ran, and then plus that ball placement by Hertz. Like, I don't know how how you really defend that as a corner, because it looks like it's just a streak route, and then if Hertz places it, like, kind of right at that pylon on the right side and Quez turns at the right time, like, there's no way that a corner can get back over top of that. So, like, I, just a really cool play call and very good execution on that. Um, yeah, I mean, the offense, there's not a ton to say. Like, the offensive line was pretty much perfect the entire night. Um, but it was like just kind of a dominating performance on the offensive side of the ball, which was honestly like to be expected with the way that this Packers defense. So it was it was nice to see the Eagles offense live up to what they should have been doing against a, a defense like that. Yeah, the uh, Packers defense. Sorry to cut you off, but the Packers no, defense. There's a lot of like it just seems to kind of happen all the time. Like every year, just they got names and like solid guys. And they they're like better on paper than they are on the field. Like. I, you expect guys like Kenny Clark, Devondre Campbell, like Rashawn Garrett. Like they have, they have guys that could play with the middle, and you'd assume stop the run. But just as a unit, they seem like they're just discombobulated, and it's just I don't know, not not working as you'd expect. They also, um, Quay Quay Walker got got forced into like the main like signal caller role in this game. Um, and I'm not even talking about a signal calling, but I I've been seeing that I, there's a couple Packers guy I have on Twitter. I liked him coming out of school. Apparently he's been like very bad the entire year. So I was like, oh, I'll have to watch and see what that looks like. I'm not joking. I think I saw him get his ankles broken like six different times. Yes. Like I'm, and I'm like, I'm not exaggerating. Like he could not make a tackle to save his life. So that that didn't help because it like it felt like every single run play that they were getting to the second level like every single time, and it just did not stop. Um, but I'm not gonna harp on the offense too much because they 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 killed it. I have no no notes on that. So hopefully they keep that going. Defensive side of the ball, however, uh, left still a, a, a good amount to be desired. Um, we'll start with the positive. Uh, the pass rush has been pretty consistent all year. Um, once in a, you know, they'll, they'll take their off games, but like, if, especially when Rodgers was in there, um, that was kind of their saving grace throughout the night was kind of the, the timely sacks and obviously the timely turnovers. But the sacks especially, uh, Fletcher Cox showed back up. Um, he said today that he had a foot injury that had been – agging him that he said he felt good about this week um i do wonder if he's just saying that because he had a good game and he wanted to try to play off the last couple of weeks but no matter what it was nice to see him show back up um i mean i have to shout out uh reed blankenship yeah um it sucks the reason why i have to shout him out stinks uh garner johnson i believe it was a lacerated kidney not mistaken or a lacerated spleen one of the two um but not going IR today, so that's that's a good sign. Um, so hopefully that means that it's a quicker injury than maybe we thought. Um, but Reed Blankenship stepped right up, made like kind of like 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 Reed Blankenship like baited Aaron Rodgers into throwing an interception. Yeah, <laughs> those are words that I that that I never thought would would come. Weird. Out. Like it was like 
just like a picture perfect play. Like uh, looking at the replay, like you couldn't even really blame Rogers. Like when he threw it, it looked open. He just kind of, he just kind of flew in there and picked it off. So that was really cool. Um, but the run defense and just like run defense, especially it, it just, it seems like it's still just not up to par throughout an entire game. Um, Colts game was promising, but the, the you could still. I mean, AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones both had pretty big nights, considering all things considered. Um, and also, uh, in the pass game corners are obviously very good um, when it comes to man kind of down the sideline and stuff. But the middle of the field feels like it's wide open uh, a lot of the game, um, and that's I don't know. I saw someone that, that they're wondering if it's because of like if the linebackers are playing too far down or the safeties are playing too far back, but they leave that middle open. And that, that's something that I definitely would prefer that they work on. Um, but you know, uh, to each his own, but you know, either way, team win fun game to watch, which, which I was, just, that, that was nice. It, 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 it's good to watch a fun game. Um, and then before we move on, I'm assuming you guys are going to want to talk about this, but for one shout out Christian Watson, it seems like he's going to be like a stud. Yeah. Um, and then the conversation that I'm assuming we might want to have that is not Eagles related, Jordan Love stepped in and looked legit. I do. Yep. It's a small sample size, but and I, I had heard before the season started that you saw you heard guys in the locker room talking about how he you can tell it seems like he's kind of figured it out a little bit. Um and like perfect storm here with Rogers seemingly probably not gonna play for I mean, it seems like at least maybe a couple weeks here. Um Love stepped right in, not only made the throws that he should have made, but made a couple of throws that I thought that I didn't know he could make. Um, so we can talk about it a little, but I I might have I might be not even doing a 180 on him, but I was I was just very pleasantly surprised by him. And also nervous because I for half a second I thought he might have he was maybe gonna rip my heart out, but not. Right. I um I did want to bring that up because I know Mitchell has written him off. Hmm. Um, I I haven't written him off. The, <laughs> the past couple years, I you'd be a little baffled. Everyone was by the Jordan Love pick. Maybe they thought it was a little too early. Um, I'm not gonna fault him for like not seeing the field, and I think that's like a big knock that I've that people have on him. That like he hasn't seen the field is already in year three, but it's not his fault that Rogers got mad and then won back to back MVPs because he was drafted. You know, like he's not going to win that quarterback battle at camp in his rookie season, especially not after a second season because he won MVP, especially not the following season because he won MVP again. So, um, and it's a very old school approach to have a quarterback sit this long, but coincidentally, the last time we saw it. And it worked out so well as Rogers in 2005, yeah, exactly. to have a quarterback sit for three years. And I mean, it it would it would make a lot of sense to me, um, contract wise. I don't know. They didn't they extend Rogers, but if they somehow move on from Rogers, maybe Rogers wants to move on this offseason, It would kind of be a uh, make sense for Jordan Love to step in. I mean, he's still a first round pick, and. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be Aaron Rodgers or he will even be good. Like, I am just not writing him off. And I think, like, that is, uh, it's, it's, I mean, very interested to see what happens there with Jordan Love's development 
And I thought he looked good for the short time he played. So that was Thanks. encouraging like, for him. Mechanics, mechanics yeah. looked good. Ball placement looked awesome. I, I forget exactly what it was, but there were, there was a sideline throw. He made uh, – Pretty early on that I was like it, it was it was like eye opening. I was like, whoa, okay. Cause the cause that Christian Watson touchdown was I mean, all Christian Watson. Yeah, but, right. Um he still made a couple like especially coming in like in, in that moment, like that's I mean, that's already tough enough. Um and he made it look pretty pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah, I mean he did. I mean, what was it, a quarter and a little over a quarter? Yeah. Can pull up. He was. I think uh, he went like six of nine. Six of nine, one thirteen. Okay. One touchdown. In touchdown. Yeah, it's um. Yeah, I can't say that he that he didn't. I would just be lying because that that's a that's a good quarter and um, led him on a on a couple good drives, including the long touchdown to Watson. Um, but you know, clearly he's gonna. This is just as Shreff said, very small sample size. I can't make any can't make any judgments either way. Um, I mean, what he's only started one or two games, right? I want to say he might he might have only started one. Yeah, and that game wasn't good, but that was only one game. So because they've also they they haven't been in the position where he could have started like an end of the year because like Mahomes got to do that his rookie year. I think when the Chiefs maybe got one of the higher seeds, Mahomes played a game. I don't know if Love has gotten that opportunity yet. Right. But I think, um, I think only one. Yeah, so I think I saw somewhere like I don't know if this is true. I don't know and like the how reputable the source was that I saw this, but said like the only way Devontae Adams wants to stay on the Raiders is if they get Aaron Rodgers. I don't know. That's cannot be true. It cannot be true. It seems like the only reason he left Green Bay was like it doesn't seem like him and Rodgers were like. Didn't seem like they. I mean, they, on the football field, where they're great, they were great, but it didn't sound like they were like buddy buddy. Really, I didn't really get that impression. I thought that was a. I thought I had seen that at one point where they think so. Their where their relationship was kind of more football based, and they they weren't really doing much outside of that. I thought it was a good relationship, but not their. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm not saying they had like a bad like friendship. It. Just, I. I just don't know. Like I. The reason he went to the Raiders, I thought, was because like him and Derek Carr have this like bond. I, I I find it hard to believe that he would leave that to go back to the old guy, but or have him replace his guy. Right. So, yeah, I don't know. It. it'll be interesting to see um, how the quarterback. Uh, also, I guess one last thing I will say on this the Packers situation is, I think I saw a quote today that Aaron Rodgers said he'd be in, have an open mind if the Packers wanted to play Jordan Love the rest of the season to see what they have. And I would, I've never thought I'd hear that out of him. So, um, I mean, he's probably, it, it seems like he's hit the breaking point. Like, I, I mean, we, you saw him when, when that rib injury or the whatever it was first kind of happened. Like, he, he couldn't even, as soon as he would throw, he threw like a screen pass and like couldn't walk. Like, it really, like, I'm sure he's saying that, but it also just seems like I don't know if he'd be like physically ready unless they're going to, you know, have him have him seeing seeing stuff when he's out on the field like they did like they did in that uh is that that bears game yeah opening night 2018 yeah yeah he was seeing ghosts out there but in a good way i guess yeah um okay so that's the eagles and the packers uh eagles win by seven that's Mm. important we'll get to that later um important at all (laughs) 
Uh, but yeah, the Steelers um, on Monday night played the Colts. And pretty good game. Very dominating first half. I wouldn't say it was pretty dominating. We outplayed them for sure. Yeah, um, you could say that. In the, in the first half. Um, the Colts offense did absolutely nothing at all uh, in the first half. Started to pick things up in the second. And uh, they did take a, a lead, but the Steelers um, and Kenny led a game-winning drive. And uh, it was just I, – I was very pleased with the way we played. And we'll get into the specifics here, but the way Kenny played specifically. Uh, again, box score watchers only aren't going to see this because they will only see the numbers. But every single – I think in every single situation that he was put in, I think there was only there's only one play that I remember specifically that I think he would like to have back. Um, but it's probably that's tough for a young quarterback to make. I don't know if you're going to remember this specifically, Jack. Uh, I think it was a third down, and he threw it to the running back in the flat. But right as he was like releasing it, the slant to I think it was Deontay opened up. Mm-hmm. And that's a play I feel like a veteran quarterback would probably make. Yeah. Uh, but, and then it was, you know, I think it gained like very, either no yards or very minimal yards. And we had a punt on fourth. When was, what, do you remember, was it the third quarter? No, I think it was in the first half. Oh, okay. I don't remember then. But, um, yeah, there's that. But other than that, I really cannot think of another play. What was he? It was 20 of 28, right, Jack? 28, uh, 174, I think. And how much on the ground was like 32? It was 30, 34. 32, yeah. Um, no touchdowns, no turnovers, but he had eight incompletions. And just off the top of my head, you're thinking about the fade route to Deontay in the end zone, which should have been caught and hit him right in the hands. You couldn't have put that any better. Uh, there was one where Pickens dropped it. There were two um, Pickens drops. Yeah, the the one in the end zone, which oh, I wasn't even counting that one. Then that's that, three, that was I think. Light, lightly overthrown, but it's definitely catchable for someone that with a big catch radius. Right, I that's one of those where I'll ultimately blame Kenny for that because Pickens was open, could have been hit. However, we've seen Pickens make catches like that. Um, I could fault Kenny for that one. Pickens had two uncharacteristic drops. Uh, one along the sideline, another one on third, a crucial third down. Um, the Deontay one was w- another one. Uh, there was one to Fryermuth that Aikman pointed out that Fryermuth shouldn't have gotten so much depth. Uh, on I think the the safety that was that came up on him, he should have worked towards the ball more. Um, yeah, inaccuracies I didn't really think was a huge deal. Um. I said it in our group chat, Mitchell, and I said it elsewhere, I think, but uh, the general sense I've gotten from this is a big generalization, but Steelers fans are, like don't think this is yeah, I said generalization. Don't think Kenny's the guy and like very critical of him um, saying like, oh, we gotta draft Bryce Young, CJ Stroud if we're in the top five next year. There's a, a crowd of that and it's mostly Pittsburgh fans, and then there's everyone else, non-Steelers fans, and analysts, former quarterbacks that give Kenny praise every week, at least the past couple weeks, certainly. I feel like 
those guys love Kenny Pickett and think he can he's shown a lot of flashes, can turn to a very solid quarterback. Um and then Steelers fans disagree because I don't think Steelers fans understand how a young quarterback develops in the league. They just want to see year 15 Ben Roethlisberger in there and like, oh, Ben would have made that play. Ben, like, it, that no quarterback is going to act like year 15 Ben Roethlisberger or like anyone, any any vet of Hall of Fame veteran. So uh, I guess someone who plays the part of both, I watch a lot of NFL, not just the Steelers, and I do watch those very closely. I mean, everyone knows how much of a homer I am, but I do see it there that he can be. We I think we might have talked about it on here. Like he could develop into a a guy that's of Matt Stafford caliber, of Matt Ryan caliber. Um, what's another Matt quarterback? Matt Barkley. No. Uh, but I mean, I I don't again bad example because Matt Ryan was a league MVP. But like I wouldn't expect Kenny to be a league MVP. But certainly a franchise quarterback that one day could hopefully win Super Bowl with to build around. Yeah, I mean, is this is this a fair comp? We say Kirk Cousins, but but clutch. Oh, I mean, that's um, a great. That's a great quarterback. Then. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I mean, I feel like again. We watched every snap of every game, but I really do think he played. The stats aren't going to really show it, I guess. But he, I think every he, every single throw pretty much was was a good throw. I don't really think you could have like like you're telling me if yeah if Ben Roethlisberger played in that game, he wouldn't have played better than Kenny Pickett. Not at all. Like he put every single ball right there. His deep ball to Pickens, which whatever was perfect, perfectly placed right in the yeah. sideline. Pickens made a great adjustment, great catch too. Um, I he, I want to. Sorry, one more thing. He he yeah. did his classic stand in the pocket, get absolutely destroyed by a linebacker coming free uh, right up the gap, Jam. and deliver a laser like right there. Like he did that too. He did everything we you could have asked for. And you're right. You said it. I think you said it to me. We're in a group chat. I can't quite remember, but if Deontay catches that ball, his stat line looks a lot better for the touchdown. So, yeah, I was I was gonna say, um, especially like referencing Jack's point about how like certain uh, pockets of Steelers fans like are hoping for more. Like, I think of a rookie when I think of a rookie quarterback. Like, I feel like all you can ask for is just like a clear sign of improvement. And like, I feel like Kenny's just gotten gradually. I'm not saying he's taken like the biggest leap ever but every single game you can see like you can see the experience starting to kind of like layer in a little bit like like this this Colts game I didn't I didn't watch the entire thing but what I did watch like you could tell it seemed like there was a little more confidence he was stepping in he was stepping in the throws a little bit more I don't know like you, you can tell he's starting to find a little more command of this offense so like you're a Steelers fan especially with the way that this season has kind of gone so far like you like you're looking for positives i feel like he's kind of one of the first places you'd be looking right now like i don't he's done everything that's been asked of him so far yeah no turnovers in three weeks yeah Um, after that 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 was his biggest that was his biggest thing so far was the you know maybe some bad decision making some dumb interceptions and guess what he's clearly worked on it more than worked on he hasn't thrown one yeah, I don't remember the exact numbers but our offenses looked a lot better points per game wise a lot after the bye week 
consistently um, moving the ball. Whether or not yeah. it turned into seven points every time, you, at every drive, you had like, you're like, all right, they, like they, they were kind of moving it, whether or not it finished in touchdown. But like, you, there was a clear sign that they're starting to figure it out. I think. Right. Since the bye week, we scored twenty, then twenty, twenty, then thirty, then twenty-four, and that twenty-point game could have been more. We missed too much field goals with the a new kicker we brought in. Um, however, I don't want this to mask how bad Matt Canada is. Still, um, still bad. Still bad. I texted Mitchell or someone that I uh, first off, sorry, backtrack. Matt Canada with a lead is so awful. Like there's no hope. Like we come, we're up sixteen to three to start the second half. Granted, the kickoff unit was terrible. Our special teams, we let up a long run that let the Colts open up the second half at our own like twenty. Now with the Eagles. So then, right, they scored a quick. Uh, touchdown it was 16-10 but uh, regardless like his he's so so conservative it's so hard to watch whenever we have a lead which it's the Bengals game which we blew this week we did blow we were down six then up 16-3 then at half then lost then we were at 16-17 to to start the fourth quarter ish um it's so bad. I texted, yeah, so I texted Mitchell or whoever saying, I legitimately think that if we just let Kenny run with this and call the plays himself, this offense would work better. And then the next day it comes out on that game-winning drive, which we were, when it was 16-17, we went up by a touchdown uh, after that because it was a Benny Snell run. On that play that we had scored the touchdown on, Mason Cole, our center, said that Kenny came in the huddle at the, or at the timeout, um, before that play, he called that time. I was like, I want to run this play. It worked, and that was Kenny's doing, calling that that game go-ahead touchdown play. Um, that just shows to show you, Matt Kenny stinks. But uh, Kenny's IQ, I think that's his best trait. I think is it, what's upstairs and mentally, uh, he everyone's at raves that he has a great football IQ. Um, that is maybe his best trait, which I'm very pleased with. What's upstairs is great coach speak. Yeah, I'm a coach. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, Last thing, though, I want to refute what Mitchell said about if Ben was in this game, it would have been the same thing. In terms of accuracy, yes, I agree. But there's still things Kenny can work on. Like, he reads the wheel, he reads the field well. Um, veteran quarterback like Ben they see some more things and could have hit could hit certain routes of more depth i think um like i don't think ben walks out of that game with only 174 yards um yeah i mean that does reading the box score and thinking he had a bad game because he only had 174 i mean kenny did exactly what he needed to do and made great plays um yeah and I think possibly Ben is calling off Canada's plays and doing more pre-snap pre-snap reads, changing the play, taking more shots, which Kenny can turn into that. But I don't think that's him right now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm just I'm really excited. I really do genuinely think that we're gonna. I mean, we're, we've won two of three, um, and I really do think that we're gonna put together a nice run here at the end of the season, and people are going to. Or at least they should feel better, um, I think, in the next, you know, remaining six weeks of the season. 
we have Atlanta this week on the road and then go home to Baltimore, who has looked vulnerable um, for sure going off this past week. They, they blew a lead to the Jags. Uh, we have them twice. We have the Browns. We have the Raiders. And we have the Panthers. So we have some games that we can go out there and win. And I really do think we will. I think we're – it's just – I don't want to say I don't understand why people had us picking top, like think we're going to be a bottom three to five team in the league record wise, but we're, we're not, we're not a bottom three to five team. Well, I understand we were playing like it earlier on in the season, um, but we are not, we are not that bad of a team. We're not a great team yet, but we're, we're certainly not like where people are ranking us like the 30th best team in the league. Like that's just not us. So. But I, I understand again. I understand why people had to put us there because that's that's how we did look at certain times. But I I knew that wasn't truly how how we were. You know it's what I also, mean? Yeah, I agree. It's also and we said it before. We didn't have the best player, defensive player in football playing, TJ Watt. Like we said it a few weeks ago. If he plays, if he's healthy, we're winning two of the Jets, Pats, Dolphins game. And that puts us at what six and five right now. Like we we'd be right in the playoff hunt. We'd be sitting on the outside, I think, looking in just barely by a game. Well, no, we beat the Jets because the Jets are seventeen. I don't know. Like we could potentially be in the playoffs if Watt is healthy. Um. So yeah. Yeah, things are looking up. I'm I'm really excited. I'm encouraged by what I see, and uh, yeah, I. I really do. I mean, George Pickens, if he did have some whatever health problems at Georgia, but God willing, he stays healthy. Then, I mean, I, I just think that duo is going to be really, really good. Great. He, like he could clean up a few th- things, I think, but man, he really looks like he could be a dominant, like top receiver in this league. Anything else before we move on to our picks? I don't think so. Yeah, like I said, we have Atlanta this week on the road. Uh, I believe we're one-point favorites as of now. Uh, sorry, before we get to the picks, I was going to ask Shreff, but we'd start talking about the Packers a little bit. How nervous are you for Derrick Henry this week? Oh, very. Oh, so, so very, so very nervous. Um, yeah, I think this is... Um, I was I was telling my, my home group chat the big narrative this year has been uh, the easy schedule but I mean coming up here like so you had this Packers game I understand like the Packers aren't what they used to be but like you know Packers on a on a primetime game that's still a good win no matter what and you're gonna go and you're gonna get Tennessee this week you're also gonna get the Giants you're gonna get the Bears in between there but then you're also getting Dallas so I understand that the schedules looked easy but this I think this next stretch will be very eye-opening about about how good this team is in comparison to everyone else. As far as the Titans go, I think this will probably be the best game that they're gonna that that they've had so far. Um, I don't think they're gonna be able to stop Derrick Henry. I it's I think the major factor is basically gonna be when they do throw, can you stop Ryan Tannehill? And then also the Eagles' offense needs to needs to find a way to get points on the board because I mean. Titans, I don't know. I wouldn't say the Titans are going to be able to score quick on them, but they're. I, I feel like they're going to be able to score pretty consistently. Um, so could turn into a little bit of a shootout, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I, I would certainly be very nervous 
Uh, oh yeah. Going. Oh, I'm, oh, oh yeah. I mean, I've I've already like come to terms with the fact that like it's he's gonna probably go off. It's just a matter of stopping everything else, I guess. Right. We'll say. Yeah. That's 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 fair. Um, okay. Well, I guess sorry, sorry to rub salt on the wounds, but I think this is an appropriate <laughs> time to talk about your awful week. Um, just just to recap how we did. Yeah, so for sure, for sure. Jack and I went two and one each, I believe. Yes, two and one each. I had the Giants to cover on Thanksgiving. And I guess we'll start there with Shreff, because Shreff did the head-to-head versus me and took the Cowboys minus eight and a half. Uh, and, and, I mean, they as far as, door- as far as that game goes, as far as that game goes, like, I understand what the score was. The Cowboys won that game by more than, by, by more than that in my heart. In my heart, they won, they won that game by more than that dominated that game yeah you made a good call i got a little lucky i'll admit it um but i'll let you have the floor because what was probably more heartbreaking was your bet um and this is this might be worse than i believe we talked about the texans eagles parlay that you missed out on by half a point i think that was this may be worse but go ahead you can explain it all right, so you know it was it was Turkey Day. You know I needed I needed something to do while while, while I was watching football. So I figured let's throw some let's throw some change down on it. And let's let's see how this goes. So we got we got a five legger here. Um, it was plus twenty one hundred. Um, so to start off, we had Zeke anytime touchdown score easy easy money. Daquan anytime touchdown score pretty easy money. CD Lamb over seventy five and a half. He was a beast. That was that was always good to go. Back over 250 passing yards. A little close, but did it. We get to the final leg. Mr. <laughs> Mr. Tony Pollard, over 63 and a half rushing yards. Um, I believe with, I, I think I sent you guys the text. I'd, I, I'd say I jinxed it, but this is also just how this year's been going for me. So it's like, not even going to call it a jinx at this point. Um, Tony Pollard had 64 rushing yards with, I believe, like eight minutes left in the game or so. Um, they put him out there for... I want to say like the next drive after that. Don't know how much time was left. He loses, <laughs> he loses four yards. Um, I I don't remember if it was on one rush or in multiple rushes. I think um, it was one. Yeah, he lost four yards. We went down to 60, 60 yards. Um, and then he didn't play for the last like five minutes of the game. Um, Zeke was in there. Got got plenty of touches. Uh, the rest of the game, Tony Pollard did <laughs> did not get one. So. I thought I won it, um, did, did not win it. So that 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 was just on top of the whole like the Cowboys, Cowboys were covered and like that that entire second half was like a victory lap. I was like, oh, let's go! I I won the head to head, and then that last like that the last like four minutes of that game was like my worst nightmare, I guess. Yeah, pretty rough. Yeah. Uh, when you yeah. see the guy have over, and the team has a two touchdown lead with a half quarter to go, you're like, this is like. There's no the only way you think that could happen is if he got injured and he didn't get injured. He just lost the lost four yards and they took him out. That was they it. Just so. they, they saw him lose four and they were like, "Nope, you're done for the day. Sorry, can't, can't have that out there." Yeah. Oof, man. And, and 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 we haven't even gotten to what else happened. Like, I, what what else happened the rest of the weekend too? Uh, with with the with your rest of your picks, you mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, just to recap Shreff's other picks, he went 0-3. Um, his total was the Houston and Dolphins. Um, 
and he it was he had over 45 and a half final mm-hmm. score if you were paying attention 30 to 15 so that's 15, a half a point uh i believe the texans went for two possibly twice which is how they had 12 and then they kicked a field goal for 15 um i think they did that if i'm not mistaken dolphins also decided to pull all their guys like after one half which i don't think yeah. I've, ever seen. I've never <laughs> seen like 30 to nothing is a sizable lead but like I've never I've never seen a team pull everyone before the hat before the second half starts like that. So then they let him come back, which like kind of helped. But like I'd like to imagine that Tua staying in there probably would have helped more. So like I don't it just everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. So that was the disaster, and then the Packers uh, Sharp <laughs> had plus six and a half, and the Eagles won forty to thirty three. Um, so if you're paying attention here, Shreff lost. All three games by a half of a point. So 1.5 points combined between the three. Plus the parlay missed out when he already had it all legs completed. So, I I mean, I I would say this is rock bottom. But, you know, that's that's a dangerous thing to say because I guess it could always could, so get, could get worse. So yeah, no, it could get it could get much worse. Um, I also I'm I'm also going to shout out Kevin Anthony. Him and I have kind of been brother uh, brothers in arms during these times. Um, we put we, we we each put like like twenty bucks down on Patrick Mahomes to throw three touchdowns, over two and a half touchdowns, and the Chiefs just forgot how to score touchdowns against the Rams. They just didn't didn't know how to. Got in the red zone like six different times, couldn't score a touchdown. It, it was it was just one of those weekends. Yeah. So, hopefully, crossing our fingers for better days to come, better weekends to come. Uh, not in our not in our sportsbook donation uh, pick contest, but with your bets, I I wish you well there. Um, anyway, so that was Shreff. En- enough about his enough of, uh, enough of his shortcomings. Not his fault. Jack was but, laughing at me in the group chat that day too. Like, I, like I was, I was so damn bad. Funny how bad it is. It, 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 it is, it is. But being being on this side of it makes it makes it somewhat less funny. Now, now I can laugh at it, but in the moment I was so upset. Yeah, I, and I, mean, I do that, feel bad for you, but it's just, I, it's just, it's, funny it's too funny. How, to, I how it's so unlucky funny. it is. Yeah, it's absurd. <laughs> yeah, and I think at, at, at simultaneously, Jack hit a forty-five to one. Yeah, he, oh yeah, he did. He sent that. Oh, and he sent yeah. that. So, so that was group chats. my first yeah. parlay in months. <laughs> yeah, it was eighty cents to get like thirty six. Thirty six. That makes me more mad because then, like, I I think I was five to win like it was like one like seventy five or something like that. Like it would have been a pretty it would have been a pretty handsome payday. Right. So yeah, that was that was the Hogline uh, headquarters Thanksgiving um, for that. Anyway, the rest of the games. Bucks, I had to cover minus three. They lose in overtime to the Browns. Pretty embarrassing. Todd Bowles, uh, I don't know what he was thinking. He was not very aggressive whatsoever. He was very risk averse during that whole game. Uh, punted on like the Browns 35 or something like that. It was very weird stuff. Uh, I also had Denver and Carolina under 35 and a half, which Broncos keep. Hitting the under, they're one in ten now to the under. Um, ten and one to the under. That's what I meant. Yes, they just they. It's unbelievable. It felt so gross and so 
like wrong to pick an under game of 35 and a half, but when it's the Broncos, anything is possible. Like that, that, that total could be at anything, really. And it's just, it's nuts. Jack had Vikings minus two and a half for his Thanksgiving play that hit. Uh, surprisingly, that game was a shootout. I did not expect that. I, I was on the under in that one, uh, but the Vikings pull it out. Also, he had Dolphins minus 12 and a half, which I assume was, uh, you know, a little nerve wracking considering that the Texans, the, the Dolphins pulled their guys and the Texans made it a little interesting, but they still get, still get it done. Um, and Jack also had the over in the Bears Jets game. The Jets did their part, but uh, Trevor Simeon did not do his part. That's Maybe I should get like a consolation prize for that. Like we were down so many quarterbacks, and we were close. Yeah, maybe if uh, the guy the guy you're wearing the jersey of was in there, they would have uh, put up right. more points. Yeah, um, the Texans are N- bad. Nathan Peterman, by the way, that's for the for the listeners. The Texans yeah. are the Texans are bad, but the Bears Bears without Justin Fields might might have the worst roster in the league. I don't know, do they? They are not good without Justin Fields. Yeah, and that Chase Claypool trade keeps looking better and better. Like he's. I still scratch my head at that one. Like, think since he's gotten there, like the past four weeks, I think he has. I added up earlier, like 150 yards, if that. Like, oh, I don't. I think it's less than that. I think it's not even 100 yards. Oh, isn't well? I think he had like 51 this past week. Yeah, I know, but didn't he have like five catches for 30 something yards prior to this week? Um, I thought he did. I don't know. I thought he had like a 30-yard game, not a 30-yard game, like a 13-yard game. Well, I don't think it's 150, but it's... Uh, That's, yeah. Okay, yeah, they gave a second-round pick for 100 yards and like 20... Yeah, I think it was actually average like 20-ish yards a week. Like That's... I don't know, man. I don't know what you're thinking, Bears, because that pick is 33 overall right now. It's mm-hmm. 2.01, essentially. It's the... The Bears are sitting at second in draft order. Dolphins don't have first round picks, so that moves all picks, picks up, right? So they're, we're we're picking thirty three at the moment, which that's yeah. very good. <laughs> that's very very valuable, uh, considering that I mean the Bears have so many holes, but especially on defense, their defense cannot stop anyone. Oh. Uh, and yeah, Mike White looked fantastic, especially it was raining too. He was throwing like absolute dimes, like very Jeez. like, yeah, it, it was, uh, if you're a Bears fan, definitely tough to watch, but maybe not. Maybe at this point you're just rooting for a uh, higher draft capital and I'm rooting for the draft capital. But at the same time, like, uh, I don't know, man. Like I, like, I, I feel like, I feel like Bears fans are getting because of Justin Fields. I I'm worried that Bears fans are thinking like oh we have the qb so like next year with all this money like it's gonna be time but like they feels like there's too many holes to like just be good to go next season like i think this is kind of a multi-year process here yeah it still is um but that is good i mean it definitely opens up your options when you you know your quarterback is looking solidified um because i'm sure there's gonna there's gonna be teams that are very gung-ho for one of the two top guys there. So, sure. yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, Jets could be looking for a guy. Is. Who knows? What if the Jets are looking for a guy? They really could. You, you never know. Zach Wilson, the next Indianapolis Colts QB after they inevitably go to a different guy? Right. No, he's too, he's too young. They, yeah, they no. for a 35-year-old. True. Or so Zach Wilson knew... Hmm? 
Kelsey. Commanders QB? No, they won't. They won't. I feel like we're really getting off topic here, but I really do think that the Commanders have to. Uh, I don't know. I feel like you got to give Heineke another year. You really exactly. do. I don't maybe know you draft you can... maybe you draft a guy that's like not quite ready yet, and you you roll with it because the rest of the team's solid too. And like Heineke's, it doesn't seem like he's bad. He, it's he has the Jimmy G factor. It's just I don't know. He just he just wins games. I don't know how, don't know why, but he just wins games. Right. All right. So that brings our records. Uh, for I'm still in first, eighteen, fourteen, and one. And Treff and Jack are tied for second at fourteen and nineteen now. Um, so Jack has officially co- closed the gap, no longer in the basement. Uh, so I don't know how we're going to decide who picks second here. Um, I feel like you can let Jack pick. Does, does, do you like having the back-to-backs, Jack? Yeah, keep me third. But I figured. All right. There you go. All right. So here we go. Here's our picks for this week. Um my first selection, I have a couple totals that I actually like. I usually am kind of indecisive on the totals, but uh, now I actually like two of them decently. But So I'm going to go with my first pick. We actually just talked about this team. I'm going to go with the Commanders, minus two and a half. So that's my pick. Uh, Washington is six and one, not against the spread, but just overall in their last seven games. They're coming in really hot. They are 7-4-1 against the spread on the season. And uh, I really think that people will be looking at a home dog in the Giants, and they'll be over that. I feel like I have no data to back this up or anyone like saying this. It's just my own thoughts and my own handicap of this game. It feels like they want you to take the Giants in this one. So that makes me feel like the Commanders. And I, I, I mean, I'm on the Commanders anyway, but I, that just kind of... I don't know. It feels like a... I don't know what the public percentage is on this game yet. I don't know if it's too early, but uh, I just... I think the Commanders are the better play here. And also, Daniel Jones has a really bad cover rate at home. For some reason... Yeah, he's much better on the road. Yeah, so... And I right. couldn't, find, couldn't find his exact numbers, but I looked up since, since 2019. The Giants have the seventh worst cover rate at home at 40%. So... That's something to monitor as well. And uh, I just think the commanders are playing much better football right now. The Giants kind of are sliding a little bit. So um, give me the commanders by to win by field goal or more. I like it. Ooh, in between two. Hoping I can maybe get both. I'm just debating what I want to do first. I think I'm going to take my total first. Okay. I, at this point, I'm I'm betting for things that I like want to see happen, and like until the Broncos prove me otherwise that they know how to score points in a football game, I'm just going to keep taking their under. So Ravens Broncos is 38 and a half. I'm taking the under. Um, this is for me. This is just a Broncos like prove to me that you don't stink here. Um, we can talk about that. We we haven't we haven't talked about that game yet. Um, but like, what what is going on? <laughs> yeah, in Denver. Like, like there 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 was that one drive at the end. I think it was the end of the first half. I don't know if you guys saw it, but like 
we're kind of trying to run like a like an up-tempo, like get down the field in like a couple minutes. I think by the end of the drive that ended up coming away, they got it. They scored a touchdown. I think it was their only touchdown of the game. The drive took them like, like eight minutes, I think, or like seven minutes, something like that. Like it, it's just so inefficient. Russ looks lost out there. His teammates don't seem to like him, which is which is a real shame. Um, so yeah, this is just like I wouldn't shock me if the Broncos scored zero points. So like I'm I'm just taking I'm taking the under eight and a half. Yeah, that's smart. And like the Broncos defense is still good, so like they the could limit the Ravens still a little really bit. Good. And the right, Ravens so. offense. The Ravens' offense hasn't proven to me that they can take on these top-tier defenses yet. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, and like I said, like the Broncos scoring zero points wouldn't shock me whatsoever. Yeah, Russ like threw like fifty percent or even like worse, and his only touchdown pass, the dude is wide open. Like, I think I could have made that pass. Yeah, he just doesn't look good at any at all. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking the under, and I'm if if I'm wrong, then so be it. That right, so be it. Whatever. Yeah, if the Broncos can break their uh, under streak, then you are officially cursed on this season. Yeah, right. Um, my first one, I'm going to go with Oh, that's intriguing. Nah, I'll just do it. Take the Steelers. Take the Steelers minus one and a half on the road at Atlanta. Um, I think it's two teams that are trending in opposite directions. You know, Atlanta's still in the mix for the playoffs because that division is just so bad. Um, but they just don't look good. <laughs> they really don't. Uh, we talked a lot about the Steelers. I think they're trending upward. Uh, and can carry in the momentum from last week and win this game. Um, yeah, the, the money line's at even odds at minus 108. So um, Steelers are a better team per this sports book, FanDuel, and probably most they're favored. So I don't know. It's just kind of just a feel. I like it. Um, Jack, sorry. Is it one or one and a half? I missed that. I got one and a half. Okay. My next one. Ooh. <laughs> nice. Well, you seemed like you were intrigued by one of them, so why why don't you go with that one? Or is that the Steelers? No, nah, Steelers my safe one. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take a total, Mitchell, and I'm gonna take an under. Oh wow. First, and I'm going to take an week. under. What? First week that you've taken an under. Um, perhaps, but I'm going to take an under in a game that consists of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Chris McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Um, this is the 49ers Dolphins game. It is. The 49ers defense is playing crazy. crazy. I think I saw somewhere they haven't let up. I'm, t- I'm like checking real quick right now. I haven't let up any points in the second half. Let's see the Rams game. Not the Rams. Is since the Chiefs game. Since that Chiefs. Since they played the Chiefs a couple weeks ago. 
they shut out the Rams the second half, the Chargers the second half, the Cardinals the second half, I think, confirming right now. Yep. The Saints shut out the whole game. So in four straight games, they have not let up a point in the second half. The defense is really, really good. Um, so they I think they have let up a point in six straight quarters then. Right. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> a point, not even a touchdown, a point. That's that's crazy, and I think that'll limit the the Dolphins somewhat. Um, what is the what is the number? I don't think it's forty six and a half. Hmm. Yeah, that so, could be a little high. Right. So, in terms of like all the totals for this week, what do you say? That's like or most weeks forty six and a half. That's like an average total. Maybe even a little, I think it's a little high total. No. For yeah, this that's year, the scoring's side. been down. So this year, yes. So I'll just take the under there. There you go. I like it. Treff, your second pick. Back to me. Um, I'm not gonna think about this one too much. I'm just gonna go for it. Uh, this is a good matchup, and I want to bet on it. I'm gonna take the Jets plus three at Minnesota. I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm assuming that Mike White will be starting again. If he is not, that would be the dumbest decision ever by the Jets. Um, I think their defense has been awesome this year. Very, very fun. Now, assuming that their offense is kind of going to be picking up the slack here a little bit. Uh, by the way, it was very nice to see Elijah Moore get involved. I, I missed him a lot, and he's I, I think he's a very good football player. Um, so once again, thanks Zach Wilson for absolutely nothing. Um, but I don't know. I like kind of think the Jets might be the more complete team in this matchup, which is kind of crazy to think about. Um, so I'm going to take, and and I'm getting three on them. I think they at least keep this game close. If not win this game, I'm going to take the Jets plus three. Yeah. I don't know if I quite agree with that last statement. You said how they're a more complete team, Mm. but I do like the Jets plus three though, in this particular instance. So I like that one as well. I'm, I'm just thinking like, even just from like a, like, I know I just talked about Elijah Moore, but talking about him again, like. They use him like they should have been using this whole time. Like he, he can be like a, he can be a number two. So like him and Wilson, like that, that's kind of the duo that I like thought was going to be like rolling for them. And it seems like maybe they finally realized that it should have been that the whole time. But I don't know. I just, I, I, I really like their defense more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Uh, my second pick. Is, I have no, I have no stats to back this up. Um, and it's kind of just wishful thinking. But I'm gonna go with the Texans plus seven against the on against the Browns. We you know who comes back. Nasty. Uh, and I really hope the Texans spoil his return. Um and I have really no I mean, I'm kind of just banking on the fact that he hasn't played football in so long and he looked rusty in the preseason. Um and um, that's that's all, really all I'm banking on, uh, and that that's pretty much it. I just I I don't really want it to happen. That that's I'm kind of just willing it to happen, uh, and I'm just kind of gonna go we'll go with that. So my pick it, it is seven on Fanduel, right? Yep. Yes, it is seven. Okay, so yeah, Texans plus seven. Um, and now there is two totals that I like. And I'm tempted to kind of do what Jack did and maybe go with an over because he went with an under. Ooh. But I don't know if I'm going to do it. Sorry. Because uh, I just like the other one a little bit more. But 
I'll, I'll say it as my honorable mention after we're all done picking. Well, actually, I can say it both because you both already picked your totals. So I'll just say it anyway after this. But um, my actual pick is going to be the Saints and Bucks under. I have 40 and a half. I don't know if you guys can verify that, but I have 40 and a half. Um, is... Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, 40 and a half under in that one. Uh, unfortunately, it's the Monday night game, which is not a very good one if you're not a fan of either of those teams. But the Saints defense has been playing a lot better uh, in the last five games. I looked it up. They have only let up 16 points per game, which is pretty good. I mean, they were... They weren't. They were letting a lot of points in the beginning of the season, but they've kind of buckled down a little bit recently. Uh, the Bucks obviously have had their struggles on the offensive side of the ball, and if it wasn't for the Broncos and their big historical outlier of games that have gone to the under, uh, the Bucks have had a lot of unders as well. I mean, they're def- they're kind of a similar, maybe a little bit less extreme than the Broncos, but their defense is really good as we know, uh, and their offense is just not really up to par of what we're used to seeing. So I think they had the second most games to the under. Uh, so there's that as well. Also, I don't remember the stat, but I've said it before. The divisional games after week 10 have a long, sustainable success rate of going to the under over the past decade plus. I think it's somewhere around like 58, 58 to 60%, which is really good when that sample size. Uh, and I just, I just think there's a lot of trends, a lot of factors hitting going to the under in this one. And, uh, yeah, Mike Evans always gets shut down by Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore could be having the worst year of his career, but if he plays Mike Evans, he's going to lock him down. So that's just another factor that could be mean less points. Uh, I, just, I just really like that one. So I'll take the under in the Monday night game. The other one I was considering was actually the Steelers-Falcons. I just, that was kind of just vibes. I really do think there's – Steelers' offense has been looking better, as we've been saying, and uh, – I can see this one being like a 28-24 game or something like that. It's at 42, which I feel like is a little too low. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Um, I'm going to do this one based off of news that was broken earlier today. I'm going to take the Seahawks to cover 7.5 at the Rams. My last one. Um, Aaron Donald ruled out for the game already. That's about as big of a loss as you can get to a team that has already lost everyone. Um, I believe Allen Robinson is now also done for the year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is. is Matt Stafford playing? Has that been reported yet? Most likely not. He didn't right. practice. Yeah. So I'm uh, like, if the if, if the Seahawks don't, if the C oh, you know what? This is a perfect bet for me. If the Seahawks don't cover this, meet Carroll. You are getting an earful. You are getting an yeah. earful next week on this podcast. I mean, like, especially coming off of that Raiders game, I'm assuming the Seahawks team thinks that they're you know that they're better than what they just showed in that last game. I think they'll come out. They will hopefully kind of take it out on the Rams a little bit. Offense still looks good, so I trust that. Meet Carroll, if you don't cover seven and a half here, we're gonna have some problems. We're gonna have some real problems. That's my last pick. Seahawks minus seven and a half. Do you guys think the Rams have the worst roster in the NFL currently as it stands? It's, looking, it's getting it's getting close to that, I'd say. <laughs> I think um, it's bottom three for sure. Like literally, they're rolling out there: Bryce Perkins, Kyron <laughs> Williams, Van Jefferson. Kyron Williams, some some credit. Okay, okay. Ben Skoranek. That yeah, I think yeah, 
a terrible offensive line. Two two Atwell still there? Is he still getting snaps for them? Yeah, but like ben this Jefferson. Is, I said yeah. him. He, but this is just so. This is really yeah. rough. But like I mean, it's it's still have they still have Jalen Ramsey and Bobby Wagner. Yeah, but that's it. That is literally it. Yeah, I guess that puts what, what do the Texans the, have? Yeah, that that puts them above the Texans and the Bears, but. It's a bottom five roster as it currently sits right now, and it's just crazy that this team won the Super Bowl and how much injuries have plagued them. It's it's bad. I mean, they were kind of rusty before the injuries, but still, it's just crazy that this team won the Super Bowl last year. It's it's. Do you think like a team has ever? I mean, they don't have their first round pick, but finished with a bottom three to five record in the league after winning the Super Bowl. Has that ever happened before? I think no, they, 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 they already said. I think they already said that they're on pace right now to be the worst, yeah, worst of all time. That's that's insane. Like so. pretty, like pretty easily too. I think possibly. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. we've seen teams miss the playoffs after winning the Super Bowl. That happens from time yeah. to time for sure, but not this. Not by yeah, this and it's month. tough because like it's it's a hard debate because I I I love Sean McVay and I still think that he's a top coach in the league, but like. I'm I'm assuming it's just like this roster's at a point where like no one could fix this and like I, I think that's just no. what it is. It is disappointing to see that from McVeigh. Especially it especially worries me just because he is a very fun coach to have in the league and he was already there was already retirement rumors and I'm sure that I'm sure that this season isn't really helping. Um but so I I hope he sticks around. I like I, I like Sean McVeigh. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but uh, yeah, the Seahawks definitely should cover. But yeah, that, that would be bad. They should definitely win with ease. Uh, Jack, what is your last pick? My last pick. I'm gonna go. Oh, I got two. I like. But give me something to root for tomorrow. I'm gonna take the Bills to cover minus four. Mm. Um, I don't know. I'm ho- I I don't. Like I don't think the Patriots are that good. Um, I know they are home, the Patriots, but I just think the Bills are that much better. Scared about Josh Allen's elbow. I think there's more to that than it's being publicized, but um, I'm hoping the Bills just bounce back after a game that they won, but it was closer than it should have been. Um, maybe you can chalk that up to like weird week, travel week for them leaving Detroit, coming back to Detroit two days later. So, um, they, uh, it's, so it's, it's a Thursday night game, but well, I guess also for the Patriots too, it's a full week, um, since they played last, but it's an environment that they're familiar with. I wonder what their record is under Josh Allen and Foxborough. Anyone have an idea or a guess? I don't know what the record was last but... year, right? Wasn't it the, the cold game last year where they lost ten to three? Right. Okay. It was. Um. Yeah. I don't know. I just think they're four points better than the Patriots. I, I've said all year. I don't think the Patriots roster is that good. Um. They kind of got lucky against the Jets and against the Vikings. I feel like the Vikings don't like had control the, most of the game. Uh, or all the whole game. So uh, yeah, I don't know. That's my that's my pick. Bills minus four. The one I was debating between is I do like the Dolphins plus three and a half. What do you guys Ooh. think about that? I do too. I was heavily considering it. The Niners defense scared me away, but I was heavily considering it. 
Right, but that could still be like a if it's like a defensive, yeah, a dominant game from them. It could, the, the Niners could win like by also um, seventeen fourteen or something like that. Really wanted to take the Jags plus one just because, but I literally I, I don't know how to feel about the Jags Jets game. I I'm re- really torn. Yeah, it's Jags Lions. Jags Lions. Yeah. What did I say? You said Jags. Jets. Jets. Oh, Jags Lions cool. is what I meant. I'm really torn between that one. I really and don't so, know. I, I, I realized in the moment that I, I was going to pick the Jags simply because I want them to win, so I had to stop myself. Yeah, got to be objective in, in this. Yeah. So, All right, folks, there you have it. Uh, just to recap who we picked here today, uh, I had the Commanders minus 2.5, Houston plus 7, and the under 40.5 in the Saints-Bucks game on Monday night. Treff went with the uh, Jets plus 3 against the Vikings, uh, the Seahawks minus 7.5 against the Rams, and the under in the Broncos-Ravens game. Jack picked the Steelers minus one and a half. The Bills tomorrow night against the Pats uh, to cover four. And the Dolphins-Niners under 46 and a half. And those are our picks. Those are our donations to the sports books. And that's our episode. Thanks for listening, folks. Um, be sure to follow us on social media at Hogline Podcast on Instagram and uh, stay tuned for next week for another another episode and uh, fantasy playoffs are two weeks away. Good luck to everyone. Make those final playoff pushes in very important weeks and uh, we wish you all the best of luck. Any closing remarks, guys? Let's go football. Go football. Go football. Couldn't have said it better myself. See you, folks. Yep. Lots of prayers, Matt Stairs, County Fairs, Grizzly Bears, Kevin Ware, Armpit Hair, Evil Lairs, Nightmares, Prickly Pears, Tender Care, and Chocolate Eclairs.